Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Episode 13, Season 9. A stake into the heart of the vampire. Most of us know that the only way to kill a vampire is to drive a wooden stake through the creature's heart. Although this is only folklore, there are two interesting components to this tale. First is the idea that there is a tool that is effective in dispatching the unwanted creature. And second is the idea of the vampire itself, an undead that could come back to haunt your nights unless you assertively dispatch, that is, kill the creature when it comes for you or for a family member. So why do I bring this analogy up? Surely it is not just to entertain you with the story of Dracula and his desire for fresh human blood. Think of the disease as the vampire who's been draining your loved one one bite at a time, and will not leave your home or your loved one until you take some action. Your weapon is love, believe it or not. Love is the most powerful weapon in the universe. Love has the power to transcend the greatest difficulties in your life. Favorite writers on the topic of assertive action in the arena of intervention is Deborah J. She says this about the power of love in the context of taking action. Spiritual negotiation creates hope for those who have, who have none by putting love into action. We are always negotiating with the alcoholics in our lives, whether we acknowledge it or not. But most families are ill-prepared to negotiate with addiction. Consequently, they are locked into a win-lose approach. The addiction wins and the family loses. Spiritual negotiation, however, creates a win-win-lose outcome. The family wins, our loved one wins, and the addiction loses. Up until now, we've been rewarding this beast. We reward it by believing that all we have to do is let go and everything will work out for the best. We reward it by believing we're helpless or that loving someone means we abdicate our authority. We reward it, invite it back even, by ignoring it or denying it exists. By rewarding addiction, we've given the beast the dominant role in the family. Spiritual negotiation takes the authority away from the addiction by putting the family in a leadership position. Here's what happens. Spiritual negotiation uses loving assertiveness. Where once there was either aggressiveness or timidity... Now, calm, collected, and consistent assertiveness takes control. By tempering assertiveness with love, we fashion the stake that we drive right into the heart of the beast. But we in the family must adopt the idea that we have to surrender our old ways of doing business 
with a beast disguised as our loved one. We can no longer shout, run away, attack, manipulate, bribe, cry, play victim, pretend, deny that the, the disease, the beast, lives among us and is thriving. We must deliver a message to the beast. We will no longer tolerate your existence in our midst. We will consult with, and if feasible, hire a professional interventionist, or at the very least consult an intervention guidebook, and all in the family will read it together so that everyone is on the same page as to vocabulary, process, and roles. Love, when harnessed by the most important people in the addict's life, becomes a powerful enemy of addiction. I happen to agree with a man who said centuries ago, Whatever you do for the least of our brothers, you do for me. My faith, weak as it is sometimes, does, does have me rise to help those who cannot help themselves. The truest test of my faith is testing my willingness to sacrifice some of my so-called precious time to help another alcoholic. Judaism teaches that all men are responsible for one another. Christianity teaches we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. And Confucius taught that we are indeed our brother's keepers. It is so important at all times to make the distinction between the person who has the disease and the disease itself. One way to speak to your loved one is to say something like, I love you dearly, but I hate what the disease has done to you. It has hurt you and it has hurt me, but that does not take away my enduring love for you. Almost all families have leadership inherent in their makeup. I speak of the larger family, aunts, uncles, cousins, the children and the parents, all of whom are affected by the disease and who can band together and slay the beast. It takes just a few of the braver ones to stand up and lead the others first by saying, enough is enough and we have a weapon of assertive love to help us win. So what have we learned today? We learned that we can, one, Think of addictive disease as an invisible vampire that preys upon your loved one and saps his strength on a nightly basis. Two, create a powerful stake that is based on assertive love, love that doesn't take no for an answer and is calm and consistent. Three, hate the disease and still love the person. We can confront the one we love with the truth while showing compassion. And four, intervene on behalf of our loved one in the same compassionate way that the great teachers would have us do. Those of us who have more to give cannot abandon those who are in need. That, we should all believe, is a law of the universe. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.